Good morning, everybody. Happy it's another crash course in the British Constitution Day. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's Royal Editor, Russell Myers, who we are very lucky to have because he's pretty busy at the moment and living out of hotels. Morning, Russell. Good morning. Now, this is the People's Paper Review, so get into the comments. Ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast will just have to join the queue in Westminster Hall instead. So what have we got today? Well, unsurprisingly, the mirror has splashed on what is only day four of the Queen's death uh, with a picture of her coffin draped in the Royal Standard of Scotland as it's carried into the Palace of Holyrood House in Edinburgh yesterday. Now, it came after a, a long procession down from the Highlands, which saw some extraordinary scenes, thousands of well wishes at some points, one or two individuals at others, and a guard of honour by some tractors as well, which must be a first. Now, today, King Charles III is going to address both Houses of Parliament before going to Scotland, where all the Queen's children will walk with her coffin to St Giles Cathedral, where members of the public will be able to pay their respects. And then Charles embarks on Operation Spring Tide, a tour of the home nations. Now, we'll get into the detail of that a bit later on, Russell. But first, I want, to, I want you to take us to your story on pages eight and nine, where those extraordinary scenes of the warring princes William and Harry and their wives at Windsor at the weekend, um, they're pictured there. But you say that these public signs of reconciliation, which everyone was so happy to see, they aren't likely to outlast the funeral. So what have you heard? Well, precisely. I think uh, that uh, this truce is certainly temporary. And uh, my understanding was that the new Prince of Wales, Prince William, sort of extended this olive branch to his brother uh, as though of unity for the family. I think that uh, he, he did realise that there are bigger things at play here. Certainly the Queen's death has uh, has brought the family together. And we've seen uh, a lot of them rushing to Balmoral to, to, be, to be with her side when she was in her final hours or uh, or just be with each other to try and soak in uh, soak in the moment and try and understand it. I think. And um, certainly, it was a it was a fortunate uh, an act of fortune, really, that uh, Harry and Meghan were actually in town because they were on a mini European tour of their own, a sort of world tour light, if you will, the, the life that they chose to leave behind. They'd been in the UK, they'd been in Manchester at the One World. One Youth World Conference, then they'd gone over to Dusseldorf for the Invictus Games, and then they were due to uh, attend the World Child Award on Thursday, just before or just after the Queen had been taken ill. And uh, and obviously they're still here. So it's a bizarre scene because Harry and Meghan's um, home, their, their UK home is from a cottage. Um, I've heard a lot about that, about the, 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 the fact that they hadn't um, paid for it and taxpayers had put the bill until they uh, until they stumped up the cash. And uh, William and Kate and the, and the children have moved to a place called Adelaide Cottage, which is on the Windsor Estate. So they're literally living less than a mile from each other and haven't spoken. I mean, there's uh, the, the rift between them is well documented and it certainly hasn't thawed at all because uh, Meghan and Harry have not only taken part in the Oprah Winfrey interview that is, is still being discussed to this day, there's been several other uh, interviews with American broadcasters from Harry and then Meghan's podcast that she's um, that she's pumping out every Tuesday at the moment as a, and using that as an opportunity to again rail against the royal family and her and her time as a senior royal. So the relationship couldn't be more fractured. But um, for the Prince of Wales, definitely thought that this was an opportunity to, I suppose, nip it in the bud because there would have been huge speculation as to when the brothers would have got together, um, leading right up into the funeral. So the fact they were both in Windsor, 
uh, William had had come back from Balmoral after racing up there in the hours that the Queen was gravely ill. Uh, Kate had obviously stayed in Windsor because the children had started their first day at school on Thursday, the day the Queen died. So again, I mean, they, they, they're they fully aware that these pictures um, of the four of them work walking side by side, you know, the, the former Fab Four, as they were once known, and Lord, that could have been the, the, the future of the monarchy um, before before it went all, all pear-shaped. I suppose that they, they understand that. And I, and, I, and I definitely think that that's part of the process. They've got to get ahead of the story almost. Um, but this truce will be very, very short-lived. There's still an awful lot of nervousness in the camp surrounding um, Harry and Meghan. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be being documented for a, a Netflix series. Um, we still don't know the sort of that content of that, but on several events, we've seen Harry and Meghan with camera crews. Um, there was a lot of controversy with Meghan going to Uvalde after the uh, after the massacre in, in the States oh. with the camera crew. Um, and Harry's got a big memoir coming out. And so if that is, that, if that is scheduled for, for, for this year, and it was set to be as explosive as, as one could imagine on the back of their Oprah interviews and so forth, then um, then there is a definitely a, a more than a sense of distrust in this family. Um, and, and you can understand why. Yeah. Um, now, ask us your questions, everybody. Uh, we do tend to get some very odd comments sometimes about Harry and Meghan when we discuss them, but try and keep them decent and respectful this morning, please, and we'll try our best to answer them for you. Now, the few times that I've ever come across William Russell uh, in private situations, he um, is really super cagey about anybody he doesn't trust and doesn't know personally. Um, he just immediately won't say anything at all. And that's, he's been like that his entire life. So when he's got his brother writing a memoir, He's got his sister-in-law producing a weekly podcast and they've got a Netflix documentary as well. He he will just want to clam up because he is so concerned about people telling the public things he doesn't necessarily want the public to hear um, or just anything sometimes. But, you know, if you were the publisher for Harry's memoir right now, you're, you're putting pause on it and going, Harry, if you want your whatever it is, several hundred thousand dollars for this. I want a chapter on the Queen's funeral tacked on mm. the end, please. If you're producing the podcast, if you're Spotify, you're saying you're going to do one about the funeral, aren't you, to Megan? So, you know, this is how they make their money now. This is how they survive. It's how they pay their extortionate living costs that they have as royals and celebrities. Um, so they're going to have, they're going to have this, pull Harry and Meghan to be fair to them if they want to be nice to the royals and not say anything about what's going on behind the scenes they're going to be financially compelled to mm -hmm. aren't they and I think yeah, yeah the, the, you're totally right the, the issue the issue here for them is when they when they uh, announced they were leaving to seek their in quotes financial independence I think alarm bells started ringing because you know Harry was um, a rich man in his own right. He'd been given a, a large sum of money from the Queen Mother. His mother's estate also um, left him quite a lot of money. I mean, in the tune of 20, 30 million pounds, it always been reported. Meghan had, uh, had a successful TV acting career. Um, so, if, how much money do you need? I mean, they they they, they definitely speak they've about. Got the they've got the lifestyle of billionaires, haven't they? Well, of course, yeah, and that's what they've moved to. They've moved to next door with those. Oprah and uh, and people like Ellen DeGeneres into Montecito. I mean, you can't you can't just go and buy a fourteen million dollar mansion and then not have money to pay the bills. So the, the fact that I mean, they were two big mega stars as soon as they left. They were super in demand. That's why they were able to sign huge contracts 
with Netflix, with Spotify, and into the tube, we're talking $100 million for the two. So, the, but, the, but the problem with that is then you, you almost are a, a slave to them because the, the, they will want the content. And when you're involved in something like a bitter dispute, like a falling out, then, then that is the content that they will want. And then if that is the only trope that you have, um, it becomes a problem. Uh, and certainly in such a closely guarded um, private event such as this, or even though it is being played outplayed on the world stage, they are going to want the granular detail, and uh, and and I'm sure that that is that has made a lot of the family nervous. And I thought very very telling, in fact, that not only Harry travelled alone up to Balmoral on the day that the Queen was gravely ill, but he also left um, around 12 hours later, a little over 12 hours later. And so you must wonder what the what the reaction for the you know, of the family was like when he when he arrived, because again these these deeply distressing. Um, personal moments for the rest of the family and then they've they've got to uh, couple that with a with a deep sense of nervousness and distrust of someone who, who used to be much loved but exactly. and it's that it's that detail of what happened when you meet someone again that people want to hear on the podcast and everything else now d asked about where you can get a podcast link i don't know who's you're asking about d i presume it's mine not megan's uh, if you want to listen to the, our podcast there are some links in the comments you can find us on spotify uh, and uh, apple itunes i think um megan is just on spotify because she's not as popular as us yes <laughs> <laughs> well, they also pay her more. Um, so you can find them there. But I just I feel that um, we're almost inevitably going to get information coming out about this. And it's going to come from the US end of the family. Uh, and if not from the journalists, then from their own podcasts and their own memoirs and their own things. Um, and also those pictures won't have done their bankability any harm, will it? For Harry and Meghan to still be walking out with the royals is what makes them and their money that's how they that's how they live well the, again that that the, when they were doing podcasts when they were doing interviews um i think that everyone thought well this will be the the real truth be it'll be them being authentic telling I, I hate that phrase i mean oprah winfrey used it about your truth i mean that is just such a um, a paradox because surely there is only one truth of the matter there may be two sides of the story but your your truth doesn't really fit well um and the and the issue is that they that the bar is being raised every time so whenever megan you know she she the oprah winfred interview was absolutely explosive she said that was racism within the royal family she'd felt suicidal when pregnant that they that they basically were forced out because of they were upsetting the hierarchy well we've heard all this and yet we're hearing it time and time and time again on different platforms so whether it is an interview with abc whether it's a to, to publicize the invictus games um, or, or this podcast that, that, in fairness, is doing tremendously well. I mean, I think it's still number one in over a dozen countries. So they must be doing something right. But I think the, the, the issue that they have is if Harry wants to have any relationship with his brother, then they're going about it certainly the wrong way. Um, and again, the people I was speaking to yesterday were saying that don't be, don't be fooled by the uh, the reactions of the crowd or, or the, the actual pictures that were being painted because... This is uh, a temporary truce. It is definitely a coming together of the brothers um, on behalf of the Prince of Wales, I suppose, because William made the decision to, to reach out to Harry in that way because he, he viewed it as though it was what his grandmother would, was, would want. And um, 
I think we'll we'll get to the funeral, then Harry and Meghan will leave again, and I, and I think it'll be it'll be back to square one because not only will, will William have an awful lot of business to attend to there, he will uh, he will not have time to deal with um, Harry and Meghan's noise, I'm afraid. No, exactly. And there is probably going to be some further division between them as well, not least because that's the way these things work. Now, William, as you've said there, is now Prince of Wales, right? It's this odd thing for us to get our heads around. But, you know, mm. if Harry and Meghan meet him, they have to bow or curtsy, whatever now. He takes precedence. Um, and on pages 14 15, Russell, you talk about how he's not only Prince of Wales heir to the throne, but he's also being chosen to carry on his father's charity work, modernise the monarchy to the extent that that's even possible. While Harry's very much left on his own, to carry on doing his thing, whatever that is. Is that wise? Does it not make perhaps some sense for some of Charles's patronages to go to Harry to kind of give him something else to do that isn't quite so damaging, maybe? Well, well the issue is, um, first and foremost, ha Harry decided to leave and not only just leave and through, through the side door. I mean, they, they dropped a bomb um, and have left an absolute cascade of issues after leaving so so I, I, I really I sympathize with William and Charles because Charles has always said that William and, and um, Harry and indeed their wives would be at the center of a slimmed down monarchy they were very very keen for, for Meghan to, uh, to to work with Harry on these patronages um, and I think you look back at a period where there was so much excitement joy um, you know, people really did wonder what what Meghan could bring to the royal family. A mixed race woman, a woman who was very very eloquent, had had a sex, successful career outside of sort of royal life, and could bring a different, completely different perspective. Um, however, it didn't it didn't work out like that, did it? So the so the issue that, that they have is even if they wanted to share the burden, and I imagine that they would do, because there's an awful lot. Um, you've got, you've got only the Queen's patronages, over 600. The Duke of Edinburgh no longer here. Um, and now Charles has already said in his first address to the nation that he won't be able to even give the attention to his charities now that he is king. So there's an awful lot riding on William and Kate's shoulders. And um, and unfortunately, the, 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 the sort of uh, the cast that they have at their disposal is so thin that um, they're going they're going to be absolutely flat out, I would seem. But um, no, I think the damage is done with the Sussexes relationship and there and they won't be any way back for them um, because, again, there's, there's just such a such a level of distrust and, and dissatisfaction about what they've done. Yeah. Now, Leslie says, surely modernising the family means a change in attitudes towards each other. I think, Leslie, that's only if you argue that their attitude and distrust towards each other is to do with... Um, you know, traditions in the past. I think we've all got we lots of modern families, and we've all got problems with in laws. Mm. Uh, one way or the other, and I think if you've if you've got a problem with your husband's family, you're probably on Meghan's side, and if you've got a problem with your daughter-in-law, then you're probably on the royal side. And Rita says people have too much to say. I love Harry and William. I really hope they sort things out. It would be nice, Rita, but you know, have any of us in our families managed to fix our estrangements? Probably mm. not. Even at funerals, uh, there's still a little bit of daggers drawn, isn't there? Sabine says, would they even want to come back? I doubt it, Sabine. I think that's probably a big part of it. Um, and speaking of other princes, this isn't the only thing, of course, that's happening this week. Uh, we've also got Andrew is walking behind the Queen's coffin today down Royal Mile with the rest of his family, the rest of the Queen's children. Uh, and you know, the public seems to have parked some of the public's concerns about Prince Andrew. No one's you know, shouting abuse at him. So everyone's just sort of letting the funeral go past, it would seem. Um, 
Now, across the six page, first six pages of the paper, we've got scenes and interviews from along the Queen's route yesterday, including Ballater, possibly the least Republican village in Scotland, where locals are considered the royals, their, their neighbours, basically. And today, Charles, as we said, he undertakes this Operation Spring Tides, a journey across Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland to accept the fealty of nations which are not always terribly keen on the monarchy and have some very strong sort of independence movements within them. Russell, what's your reading of this? It's a very sort of rapid consolidation of the union in a way, isn't it? It's the sort of thing that goes back centuries when kings had to consolidate their power mm. perhaps violently to, to keep hold of the crown in the immediate days after a succession. Um, is it gonna work in this instance? Well, they don't really get an opportunity to say no uh, at this moment. It's such a whistle-stop tour. I think that they, that they feel compelled to uh, to just go along with the theatre of it all. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, in centuries gone by, they would have been a sort of a, could have been a bloody massacre at the door if, if they hadn't said uh, yes, welcome, King. But the language has obviously changed these days. It is is to go to receive messages of condolence. Um, obviously, there will be proclamations in these um, the the four nations as there has been in England already on Saturday after the Accession Council. So, again, it's it's all steeped in history. I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch what is happening. But, um, gosh, it is an absolute whistle-stop tour. I mean, you've got uh, Charles will, will return to Scotland today after being, uh, being in uh, Westminster Hall. He will be meeting councillors and talking again to Privy Councils, getting ready to... to to do this, um, to do this, uh, the nature of the nations back to Scotland when there will be obviously the procession later. He will be leading that procession to take his mother's coffin from the Palace of Holyrood House down to St Giles Cathedral. Uh, and not only that, I, mean, I think that the crowds were, were, were pretty impressive in Edinburgh yesterday. Hushed silence as the as the Queen was um, brought back to lay and rest at uh, Holyrood House, and then later the uh, public will be given their first opportunity to, to visit Her Majesty's coffin. Yeah. Then, obviously, Charles on Tuesday is going to Belfast in the morning. He's then back um, back to England. Um, and then we have a huge procession on Wednesday of the Queen coming from her, you know, leaving Buckingham Palace for the very last time to then lie in state for four days at Westminster Hall. And, and the crowds are going to be absolutely phenomenal i was speaking to one of the senior organizers there yesterday saying that they're, they're, they're expecting a million people over those four days i mean and, and that might even be a conservative estimate because there's going to be you know two million people in the capital each day um and you you, you get the sense of it's it's really ramping up now with the with the world leaders coming with charles's tour the fact that the queen is coming back to uh back to england and back to Buckingham Palace for the last answer, time. Answer me a question, Russell, because mm. I don't understand this. How do they work out how many people they can expect at a thing no one's ever been to before or has precedence for? Because are they are they taking? Is there an equation like where they take the number of tourists that are usually in London at a certain time of year, and then adding that to you know a certain extrapolation of the size of the crowds outside Buckingham Palace? When, uh, when the news came through and then creating an equation saying, we'll expect this many. Or is it the fact that when they organise one of these things, uh, the fact that it's organised means millions of people come? Well, it's a bit of both. So, so, so I'll give you sort of a, a, my interpretation of it. And, and after speaking to not only 
the, the organizers who are in charge of London, London Operation London Bridge, but also the, the, the security element as well, which is in today's world, totally, totally different to, to anything that will have happened before. And I think the sort of blueprint that they look at is William, Ch um, William Churchill's funeral, um, Winston Churchill rather, his funeral, um, which was the, the last major state funeral in this country of, of where you would have seen crowds that they are expecting. Again, they will couple that with the fact that people have now got to go through airport scanners. They can't necessarily um, bring big bags. They've got to be able to go to certain points to get into uh, palaces and Green Park and people filtering in at all these separate points within the city. Um, so it's a bit of both. And that they're, they're, one of the points they're using is when the, uh, you know, the Olympics in the Olympic Park was absolutely rammed, that will absolutely pale in significance. And they just, I imagine, multiply it by a certain figure, work out the sort of time that it takes to get to that from point A to B, point to search your bag, walk around to view the coffin at uh, Westminster Hall. However, I mean, the one that's senior police officers that met yesterday were saying that this is such a complex operation. They've all, almost got to really be very, very adaptable because mm. the briefing notes that I'd seen um, you know, what, a couple of years ago when they were talking about L London Bridge, because obviously these plans have been long held, even though they are very, very fluid when it actually happens. They were talking about London potentially grinding to a halt so that you'd get so many people within the capital. You wouldn't be able to get on the tubes. Transport would, would grind to a halt. The streets would be packed. So... They are obviously planning for every eventuality, and um, and I imagine that the crowds will be absolutely phenomenal as the as, as as the Queen is on her final journey, essentially. Exactly. Now, Paula says, from all around the world, people are going to watch the funeral of this great Queen. It does sound like watching on the telly might be better than being there in person. Uh, I imagine some of what their estimates are coming out of might include the funeral of Princess Diana. Um, which was also pretty big, wasn't it? And fairly had a lot mm. of people there. Um, so Westminster in this week, uh, there's all the queues that are going to be planned, uh, expected rather. And um, they are warning if anyone is thinking of going not to take small children because you could be yeah. standing up for a very long time and in a queue for a very long time. And bear in mind, it's September, it can rain. Uh, so she'll be at uh, Westminster Hall from Wednesday at five o'clock, although I think the people on the parliamentary estate get to go in there first and then it's sort of public viewings really from thursday to sunday i think isn't it russell and then uh, the funeral next monday well, right up until Monday morning, you'll you'll be able to. They're, they're talking about they they might have to shut the 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 line off at a certain stage, but the the Queen won't leave Westminster Hall until six thirty of the of the morning of the funeral, and then the funeral is at uh, starting at eleven o'clock on on the on Monday the September the nineteenth. So. There's an awful lot happening. I mean, again, there's so many moving parts in this because you not only got the Queen is sort of doing the uh, final journey from from Palace of Holyrood House St Giles and coming back to to the um, to England and then back to London with Princess Anne. You've also got Charles's tour. Well, obviously, I, I imagine here from Harry and Meghan, we'll obviously uh, look to see what the new Prince and Princess of Wales is doing. And then you've got all the world leaders descending on the UK. As well, I mean, I thought it was quite funny yesterday that um, the uh, the cabinet office were putting briefing notes out saying that they specifically asked the world leaders, heads of uh, heads of the Commonwealth and uh, senior politicians who are obviously going to want to be here and pay their last respects to fly commercial to not bring any um, state cars. I mean, you know, like when Biden turns up with the beast and he he flies with about four hundred uh, security agents. That's but all three. of that. 
Yes, why is he gonna? He's not gonna fly. Oh, hang on, that precisely. I don't, I don't know what they're expecting of him, but they said that everybody will be put on buses and bussed around from place to place. So, um, can Joe Biden get on a bus? <laughs> I'm not too sure, it's but it, I'm sure he's not going to be too happy about it either way. No, I can I can imagine some of the more minor world leaders would go. All right, we're going to park in wherever. We'll park at Stratford and get on a bus. <laughs> but um, I can't see Joe Biden flying no. economy and then no. clambering up on the, the front deck of a no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, well done for trying maybe they'll give him one of those disabled access ones so the floor comes down anyway yeah. let's show some respect um thank you russell for taking us through that now now there is some good news in the world out of all of this and uh, we managed to find some it's courtesy of the queen here it is Now, on pages 16 and 17, there are some recollections of some of the Queen's uh, more lighthearted moments, shall we say, some of her more pithy comments. One really stands out today. So as we've got the news that the Ukrainians are pushing back Putin uh, uh, in their war, down in the bottom left corner, the former Home Secretary David Blunkett reveals that when in 2003, like 19 years ago, when Vladimir Putin was carrying out a state visit, uh, Blunkett's guide dog Sadie couldn't stop barking at him and uh, Blunkett had to apologise to the Queen for the interruptions and she remarked very dryly, well dogs have very interesting instincts don't they so Russell is this is this? I don't know if it's appropriate to do an impression this early on but you know it's been four days Russell is this proof that the Queen perhaps politicians, dogs knew rather more about people than most of us do Machine seems to have known 20 years ago that was something amiss with Putin well, I thought it was quite um, hilarious, actually, when, and, I, and I definitely sympathise with the broadcasters who have such acres and acres of coverage to, to fill on a huge story like this. But it was uh, one of the BBC uh, commentators said, and of course, the Queen's corgis will know nothing of her passing. And I thought, well, that's probably not quite right, because the, the dogs are so astute normally that um, they, they normally pick up things far, far quicker than humans. And her but... bees have been told. So, I mean, the thought that the yes. corgis haven't got the, the memo. Bees. I love that story about the bees, that the man made this sort of solemn journey down to the uh, down to the hive to tell all the bees that, um, that the queen had passed. Absolutely. beekeeping practice. You tell them about family events, otherwise they, they get a bit upset and go away. So, um, you know, it's... It's very important that and telling the mm. telling the bees and telling the corgis, um, some of whom unfortunately have got to go and live. I'm just looking at Susie, I'm just looking at some breaking news because we've got a statement from Prince Harry. All right. Um, that I imagine that I imagine they were working on yesterday, but it was uh, it was nine eleven, so I imagine that it didn't happen. I'll just read you a little bit of it. It says, "In celebrating the life of my grandmother, Her Majesty the Queen, and in mourning her loss, we are reminded of the guiding compass." was so many in her commitment to service and duty she was globally admired and respected her unwavering grace and dignity remain true throughout her life and now her everlasting legacy i mean he also he calls her granny granny while this final parting brings us great sadness i'm forever grateful for all the for all those meetings from my earliest childhood memories with you to meeting you for the first time as commander-in-chief to the first moment you met my darling wife and hugged your beloved great-grandchildren. I cherish these times shared with you and the many other special moments in between. You are sorely missed, not just by us, but the world over. And it comes to first meetings. We now honor my father in his new role as King Charles III. Just close it actually saying, um, 
Thank you for your commitment to service. Thank you for your sound advice. Thank you for your infectious smile. We too smile know that you and Grandpa are united now and both together in peace. So I'm sure a lot will be made of, uh, you know, of Harry's statement. Of course, he was still very, very close to his grandmother. And the Queen uttered those words that they were still much loved members of the family, despite the fact that they've been railing against them for, for so long. So, yeah, well, everyone's everyone's got a grandmother haven't they? And we can all have some sympathy for that, I should think. Although it's perhaps a bit of a pity that she didn't get to see more of Lily Bert and Archie before she mm -hmm. left. Um, anyway, thank you, Russell, for that. And uh, reacting so quickly to the news. Crikey, it's almost like you're a trained journalist. Um, thank you, everyone, for taking part. We will see you all again on Wednesday for another edition of the News Agenda, which I suspect is going to be about the Queen, probably. Um, so do tune in and uh, we'll see you all then. Bye bye.